We give you praise this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. On such a wonderful day, I, I love pastor appreciation. I think it, you know, we should show appreciation more than one day a year. I'm just saying. But thank you, God. We should show appreciation to him every day, all day long for the things that he's done for us and how he's taken us out of bondage and darkness and set us in his light and set us in freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that he truly has, he has changed my life, changed it. I've said a thousand times I was, I was raised up in the church. My grandparents took me before my mom and dad got saved. So I've been in church for 54 years. Oh, my God. Long years before I was ever born, yes. <laughs> but when I came here, God started breaking things off my life, and he started setting me free from things that we think are, you know, our personality or just the way we are, or, you know, no. But anyway, that's the vision of Freedom Ministries, that he can set us free, that we can learn to live in victory. Um, we're talking about church tithing. Uh, Dr. Samuel Mills' revelation that God gave him. And, and um, Elder Robert opened it up last week and out of Genesis 14. And that's we'll be going back there again today. Um, God has also been dealing with relationship, hard and heavy, in Freedom Ministries. And I know that it's because of no matter where our relationship is with him, and each one of us are on different levels of relationship with God. And no matter where that relationship is, he's wanting to take it to another level. He's wanting to bring it up a notch or ten. Amen? And so he's, he's hitting that relationship. Come on, I, I created everything for relationship. I want relationship with you. And, and for who even knows how long, tithing has been perverted and twisted, and we do it out of obligation, or we do it so we won't be cursed, or we do it, you know, for whatever reason we do it, you know, but the beginning of it was to establish relationship. That was the beginning of tithing, and so let's go back and look at, look at it again in Genesis 14. It starts off, you can, you can see that Abram did not really have a personal relationship with God, okay? I mean, he just came from a, a place that served 300 gods, and one of them spoke to him. <laughs> so he got up and he left. He went out, okay? But Lot, in this, in this passage right here, Lot has been taken captive. And so Abram does not even consult God on whether I should go after him or not, Okay? He doesn't even consult him. He just takes off and goes to get Lot. And so we think, we would think that in our natural mind that that is exactly what he should have done. I mean, that was his family, you know, in our natural mind. That's what we think we should do. But Proverbs says twice. When he says something twice, listen to it. Twice he says there's a way that seems right to man. But the end of that is death. So I can, it can look like something I should do. It could seem like something I should do. 
it should seem right in my own mind that this is what I should do. But if I just go by that, the end of that's death. And that's what Abram was doing here. He wasn't consulting God. He's just doing what family should do and go after them, okay? And so we come now to where he meets up with Melchizedek. My sleeves are <laughs> driving me crazy. Thank you, Jesus. He meets up with Melchizedek here in verse 18. And something changes in his life when he meets him. Um, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. That right there, I want you all to remember that. He brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And remember that. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abram, and the most of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies unto thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Now, in this right here, Melchizedek is coming to establish some things, okay? First of all, he comes to establish the priesthood of Jesus Christ. The priesthood was being established right now, okay? And he came with bread and wine. And that is saying that he came with the intention to establish covenant. To establish covenant. That's what he was coming for. I got so excited. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He was coming right there and establishing that I want to be personable with you. I want a personal relationship with you. And I'm bringing some bread and wine to prove it to you. Amen? Covenant. Communion. It's a, we need a revelation. We need a revelation of what we are actually in. When we, when we come into covenant with God, when we take communion with him, this first Sunday, we taking communion today? I hope so. <laughs> when we do those things, it's, it's much more important than what we think. It's a lot more, um, there's a stronger intent to it than what my mind thinks. It's I'm not just coming into a promise or a relationship with God. This is a spiritual thing. It, this, a covenant, when we enter into covenant, it goes beyond the grave. So yes. he was bringing that to establish the covenant, is what you're saying? So when Melchizedek came, I never saw that before. He, he came with an, a purpose. Yes, there was to, a purpose. Is that what you're saying? So he brought what he needed, mm -hmm. which the wine and the uh, bread, mm -hmm. that's what that's for. Yes. That's what that was for, to establish covenant with it. My God, he came to establish covenant with man. Man used to walk, I think I just went, just blew my notes all up. He, man used to walk with God. Remember Adam? <laughs> he used to walk with God. God would come down in the cool of the day and they would walk and talk together and and everything that, that man needed was supplied by God. They were in covenant. Covenant. But Adam rebelled. And he broke his side of the covenant. He broke his side of the covenant. God does not ever, 
ever, ever, for eternity, ever break covenant, ever. It is established for eternity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so God already had this all worked out. He said, I'm going to call Abram out of his father's house, and I'm going to tell him to go to a land, and I'll tell him where it is, and I'm going I'm to send him out into battle, and, and he's going he's gonna to whip everybody, and he's going to bring Lot back, and then Melchizedek, which is Jesus Christ, it's Jesus, is going to come, and he's going to establish that covenant with man again. Amen. Ah. Amen. <laughs> yes, he is the God of restoration, and he does not let those things go by. Mm, mm, mm. Covenant is serious, serious business. We have always, we think of it as a promise. Mm -mm. Promises are broken every day, and there ain't nothing done about it. But when we enter into covenant with someone, that's a serious thing, and it goes forever. Um. Yes. When they made covenant, they gave each other their staff. Girl, when they okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Pastor. Go ahead. Uh, and it, and it was even known to cut their wrist and yes. and blood be be yes. Uh, yes as unity, and it was unto death. Unto death. They protected Pastor each other. Ray. Yes. Amen. Pastor Amen. Casey. I wasn't going to say it because some people Go think ahead. it sounds, Go you ahead. know, sometimes I just say things that sound a little bit crazy, but, but you took me there. Uh-oh. And so I did want to point out, this is what I believe. I believe that Melchizedek was Jesus in the flesh because Jesus appeared in the other times of the Old Testament. And in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews chapter seven, it says that his name means king of justice. King of Salem means king of peace. He had no beginning or end, no mother or father, and he remains a priest forever, just like Jesus. And Jesus came to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek, which was the order that he had already established himself. So this was when Melchizedek showed up with bread and wine. It was the son of God showing up to establish covenant. Amen. Yes, it was. He came to establish covenant with man again. He said, man broke it, but I didn't. Hallelujah. And so he came with the intention of establishing that covenant again. (laughs) Yes, he he created us for relationship. And see, we take that lightly, relationship. We don't look at it like God does. I'll be in relationship with you as long as you do what I want you to do. You do things like I think you ought to do. But the minute you step across that line, we broke. We done broke up. Mm -mm. I'm through with you. Because you don't hear God. (laughs) But that is truly what we think. But it's a serious thing with God whenever we break bread with people. It is. He's not looking at it as we just going to lunch with somebody. Okay? There's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about those who, who um, have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. He says don't even eat lunch with them because it's a serious thing. I'm entering into covenant when I break bread with someone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So I'm not to enter into covenant lightly. I don't go eat with just anybody. We do. That's our custom, you know. But it's not their custom. Amen. I done got all up. I'm in next week's lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Yes, there's lots of different ways to do the covenant. Like she was talking about the cutting of the hand, you know, and mingling the blood together. And, 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 the, and the staff, they gave each other their cloaks and their garments and their weapons. <laughs> yeah, they, they swapped names, took parts of names, which is why when God established covenant with Abram, he changed his name to Abraham. <laughs> Because that hum is like ruach, it's the breath of God. He changed his name and he gave him part of God's name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He changes our name too. I had a dream one time that I was up in a balcony of a place and there was people all around and we were here to, we were there to listen to this woman named Fuchsia Pickett. I didn't know Fuchsia Pickett. I never heard her, but I had read her books. And when she started speaking, it was like, I knew that voice. And anyway, some things happened in the balcony, and all of a sudden she stopped, she pointed at me, and she said, God has changed your name to memory. I still don't know what that is. (laughs) He changed my name to memory. Hallelujah. I said, okay, I'm bringing everything into remembrance of you, God. But I just thought that was funny that he changed my name. And he does change our name. He He changed Abram's to Abraham. Where you have to, you know, in the Hebrew, you have to, when you say something. You have to (laughs) breathe it out. It's that breath, you know. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came to establish and reconcile man back to him. There's a lot of things that happened in that first act of tithing. A lot of stuff. The priesthood was established. Jesus Christ came to earth. I agree with him. And and I got it right there, but he said it right here too. Thank you, Jesus. And that the tithing was established. The personal relationship was brought back. The personal relationship was brought back, which is what... Everything was created to start with. We were created for is that relationship with him. Okay. Abram didn't have that at the beginning of this because he, you can see that he didn't consult God in, before he took off after Lot. Okay. David, who is a man after God's heart, did have that relationship with him. Did y'all remember when um, David at Ziklag? Remember? Somebody had come in, and they took all of his wives and and all the men's wives and their children, took everybody. What did David do? Pastor Casey's talked about it for a couple of weeks now. He put on that ephod himself, and he said, I got to hear you, God. What am I supposed to do? Anybody in their right mind would think, yeah, you go after your wife. Besides, these men's going to kill you if you don't go get their wife. So, so we would just think, naturally, we should go get our wife and our children, right? There's a way <laughs> that seems right to a man 
But the end of that is destruction. But if I'll go in prayer and put that ephod on myself, because now I am a priest. And I can go into the presence of God now, and I can say, help, I need you. You have got to speak to me, God. I got to hear you. Am I supposed to do this thing that seems right to me? Am I supposed to do it or not, God? Am I going to win when I do it? Give me a word, God. I got to hear you, God. That's what God came to establish. That right there. Hallelujah. That I can now come into his presence. That I can now come to him. And he can say, yay, Barbara. Thus saith the Lord God, go get your stuff. (laughs) Or he can say, hold on just a minute. Whatever. But if I just take off on my own, pastor preached it. If I make my own way, I got to make my own way. Hallelujah. Thank God he came. Yeah, you make your bed, you got to sleep in it. Eat your cake, make your cake, eat it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that stem from that. Hallelujah. But he came, Melchizedek came that day with that bread and that wine to establish that personal relationship with man again so that I could come into the presence of God and I can say, help me, Lord, I need me some help. And he's right there to give it to us. Hallelujah. 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 So the priestly order was established. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the personal relationship was established. Whenever he says, mm, when he says right here that he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. That changed everything for him. Because he thought he done went over and whooped them himself. Because he, remember, he didn't even consult God. He just took off and went and did it. And he whooped them. But right here, he said, but God has delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And so his, I believe his eyes went open right then. And he's like, yes, he has. God delivered my enemies into my hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that God delivers my enemies into my hand. I don't have anything to do with that. I'm not that good. (laughs) Contrary to what I may think, I am not that good. God has to deliver those enemies into my hand. God has to do that for me. God has to tell me to go into that battle. I ain't going. I'm not going to go without him telling me to. I'm going to ask him. That personal relationship was established. Hallelujah. And he saw that God, the creator of everything and the giver of life, is the one that placed his enemy in his hands. So he started seeing that it's not about me. It's about God. Hallelujah. It's him. It's all about him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He was establishing covenant. Remember, he was establishing covenant. Death doesn't break a covenant. 
Remember David and Jonathan. They were in covenant with each other. And, and Jonathan's dead. David says, is there not a descendant yes. of Jonathan that I can bless? Yes. <laughs> that covenant is not over with mm. just because I break mine, which is what happened with Adam, right? Remember? Going back. Thank you, Jesus, that established the covenant goes past death. It goes into my descendants also. Covenant is more than just about me. That's why we have to be careful who we go into covenant with. When I go into covenant with God, it's for my descendants also. My children, my children's children, my children's children's children, up into a thousand generations. Hallelujah. I'm in covenant with God, and he remembers me. He remembers the covenant that I made with him, and he looks at my descendants. Yes, he does. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, that I can pray and that covenant. Ava Grace will be in covenant with God. She will walk in covenant with God all the days of her life. She will love him, and she will serve him. Hallelujah. I'm praying that, and I know that God sees my descendants and those that are not yet here but are on their way. Hallelujah. He is in covenant with them also. Hey, thank you, Jesus. That's why we be careful. Be careful who you come in covenant with. Let's don't just enter into covenant with anybody, anything, anytime. We do that a lot as as just our, our norm when we enter into marriage. That's covenant. That is a covenant. We even eat that meal together. We drink and we eat. Amen? That's establishing that covenant. And I shouldn't be trying to break that thing that quick. In God's eyes, still a covenant. Amen? We become one. When When we come into covenant with someone, we become one with them. With Jonathan and David, that's in 2 Samuel. I don't know if I'm going to go there or not. We're going there Wednesday night. Anyway, with that, they took each other's garments, and they took each other's weapons, and they took each other's belt. They become one. They look, when you saw one of them coming, it looked like the other one was coming. Okay? And we do the same thing with God. When we enter into that covenant with him, we put him on. He says to put on the garment of praise. Jesus, put me on like you did Gideon. Whenever the enemy sees me, who does he see? Jesus. He sees Jesus because we're in covenant with each other. (laughs) I'm telling y'all, it's it's something more important than just a little promise. It's not a little old promise that I can break, and there's nothing that happens because I broke it. Covenant is major. It's a major thing. Hallelujah. We become one. One. And you can't separate one. How are you going to separate one? You can't separate one. <laughs> I want to jump. Thank you, Jesus. You can't separate one. You can't separate me and God. You can't separate us. Romans says it. You can't separate us. You can't separate us. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that we are one. We are one. He established it then, right then. He established it, and we've built on it ever since then. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I just think it was amazing at everything that he did with that one act of tithing. And tithing our, for us, it shouldn't be just, I got to give 10%. No. Consult God. <laughs> Talk to God. Tithe, Pastor has said it, I don't, I don't know how many times, that, you know, tithing shouldn't be $10.49 this week is my tithe. You know, cutting it down to the last penny. No, this is a relationship. It's about relationship. It's about me entering in to that fellowship with him and saying, okay, God, you're the one that gave me this money. You gave it to me, God. You gave me the ability to go to work. You gave me the money. You are the one that provides everything that I need. You are my provider. So what do you want me to do? I just want to give you something. I want to give you something. What do you want me to give? And then give it. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's an act of worship. That is an act of worship. When I hear him and I obey him, that's an act of worship. He says he would rather have obedience than sacrifice. So sometimes that $10.49 might be a sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And especially my attitude with it. All right, like, like Elder Robert talked about last Sunday, why do we tithe? What's the motive behind it? Do I tithe so my washing machine will, won't break? <laughs> we do think like that. We do. I've always, you know, you just tithe because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, there wasn't any kind of relationship involved in it. But thank God he's changing it. He's changing the way I even look at it. He says that in John 3.16, we look at it a lot, and we, every one of us can quote it. For God so loved the world. He loved the world, so he gave. And that's the way we are coming into relationship with him. I so love you. And you have done everything for me. What can I give you? What? What can I give you with my little old nothing? What can I give you? I want your life. And today I'll take $10.38. <laughs> Next week, 200 You know what I'm saying? It's all yours. It's all yours. Every bit of it. See, the word says that where my heart is, where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. So my treasure needs to be where? God. <laughs> he needs to be my treasure. That's where, that's where he's taking us. That right there is where he's taking us. That he is my treasure. Hallelujah. And he is where my heart is. And, and money don't have no hold on me. Money comes in the mailbox. Did y'all know that? Money comes in the mailbox. People, I, mom and dad used to say, I ain't got no money tree in my backyard. Money don't grow on trees. No, it comes in the mailbox. 
Hallelujah. Thank God for the mailbox. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I never had one of the money trees either, but I got a mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So everything comes from him. Everything. Even if I'm the one that went out there and toiled the ground and hoed the garden and planted the seed, which I will never do, and picked the, I'll never do it, never, never. But even if I was the one, he's the one that caused that thing to grow. He's the one that, caused, that gives me the strength to go out there and do it, and I'm not asking him for that. So he's the one that, he's the one that gives me the job. GP is not my source. It is not my source. GP can fall tomorrow and we'll be okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that he is my source. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches. Thank you. That's so much better than Coke Brothers. That is so much better. There's a limit to what they can do. There's no limit to God. Hallelujah. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold in the hills. Hallelujah. He's the creator of everything and the giver of life. And he's the one that gives to me. So it all belongs to him. Hallelujah. And I just want to know how much. How much you want me to give you today? How much? Can, how much can I give you? God loves a cheerful giver. Yes. We got to start getting cheerful in the way we give to him. And when, when that relationship is established in us, and we really start seeing who he is in us and who we are in him, hallelujah, and everything that he does for us, we become a little more excited to give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for changing the way I think about tithing, for changing the way I think about giving. Hallelujah. For knowing that it's all yours to start with. Yes. There Thank is, you, Jesus. There is so much power in tithing. I, I hear often from people, they're not faithful in church. They're not faithful after, after God in prayer or in their relationship, but they pay their tithes because they believe there is something. I was talking with the man the other day. He, he doesn't go very regular, and, um, but the one thing he does, he, the first thing he said, I'll pay my tithes. I'll make sure. <laughs> and so there's power in honoring God with what he's blessed you with, even from people that aren't his children, you, you know, or, or people that's... Um, Maybe not saved. They know there's, there's a, it's right to honor him back for what he's given. Yeah, and that the whole thing is to establish that relationship. So even the giving of the tithes is to establish relationship with him. And that right there is what I was talking about a while ago, how, the, how religion has twisted it. I have to give so my washing machine don't tear up, or I have to give because, you know, the word says I'm going to be cursed if I don't. You know, that, that religion's twisted. And I give out of an obligation or because, you know, somebody told me to just because I'm supposed to do it. And he wants to change all of that. He wants to change. Yeah, it's, it's law. 
It's become a law. And, and no, it was never, never meant to be law. It's supposed to be out of relationship. The whole thing is relationship. Everything we will ever do, according to God, is through relationship. Everything. Hallelujah. Even this very first act of tithing was to establish that relationship with man, to, to bring back that covenant relationship. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And a while ago we said, you know, that nothing can separate us. When we come into covenant with, the, with God, we become one with him. One. When you look at me, you see Jesus. Amen? Amen. When the enemy looks at me, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus because we're one. We're in covenant with each other. Is it time? Thank you. We are in covenant with each other. And he sees Jesus when he sees me. Because I put him on. I have, I have his weapons. <laughs> he says, I give you weapons that are not carnal. So they're spiritual weapons. And I have those weapons so I can fight those battles with his weapons. Wearing him. So it's not me that has to stand. Hallelujah. I just stand dressed in him. Yes, the full armor of God. To stand against the wiles of the enemy. And when you've done all to stand, stand. I do that in his power. In his strength. Whenever they exchanged weapons in the covenant, it was because my battle is your battle. And your battle is my battle. And you best come fight for me. You best come fight. You didn't hear that I'm in covenant with John and I hear that John's in a battle. I best get up and go. And I better defend him to my death. Amen? Amen. And then all my house reverts over to him. It's his. Amen? And the same as vice versa. If he hears I'm in battle, he better come running. And that's what God does. Amen. He gave me his weapons. In the, in the exchange of the covenant, he gave me his weapons. Hallelujah. No. They do not enter into covenant lightly. No. Because I have to trust you completely if I'm fixing to enter into a covenant with you. I have to know without any doubt that you really have my back. People say that all the time. I got your back. I got your back. Mm-hmm, girl, I got your back. No, you ain't. Soon as the t- it gets rough, phew, where are you at? I don't even see you. Way in the back. You got my back. Way in the back. But they really did have each other's back. My life, my very life could depend upon you. And you coming to my rescue. So you didn't enter into covenant lightly. But when they entered into covenant, and they didn't enter into covenant with a whole bunch of folks. That's right. You didn't do that. You entered into covenant with just... Jonathan and David was in covenant. Abram and Melchizedek was in covenant. Amen? You didn't enter into covenant with just everybody. And that's the same with husbands and wives. And I don't know why I keep going there. 
A marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant, and we don't enter into covenant with 14 other people. Mm. No. I'm in covenant with Keith Cooper. We are in covenant with each other. And when the rough, when it gets rough, I heard someone say the other day, yeah, I had two husbands, but they didn't like, I, they said things I didn't like, so I was like, I'm out of there. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. That's what's wrong with us. We don't take these things seriously. My husband has said one or two things that I don't like. <laughs> I probably have never said anything he don't like. <laughs> yeah, well. But we're in covenant with each other. And so when it gets rough, when the waters are like, when there's a storm raging, no, we're in covenant. We are in covenant. And I, there is a way that seems right to man. But at the end of that is death. Amen? Brother Timmy. In marriage, you're supposed to have each other's back. Yeah. You're supposed to have each other's back because it's a covenant, like you said. And you stand back to back and you, you, you guard each other. You fight for each other. You respect one because in a covenant like Jonathan and David, there's great respect. Yeah. One for the other to the point of fighting to death. Like, and so I, I think that's one of the, the biggest problems with marriages that I see is, is the enemy comes to take away the respect. And when respect is gone, you don't have anything. Yes, that's you do, right. You, you just, you're just there. And so, but God wants to bring respect into that relationship and that you fight for one another, not let other people use up your spouse or, or talk, you know what I mean? And you guard them and, and you pray for them. Yes. I was in looking at the bride. I was looking at a Hebrew wedding. And, and in it, the, the bride is the helpmeet. She's the helpmeet. And there's a part of that Hebrew wedding where she walks around him seven times. She walks around him. And seven times she does that. And it's a picture of her watching. She's watching. She's got his back. She's watching him. He's the spiritual head and he's focused on God. You know, he's focused on what God has and God's way. And I'm seeking God on all this and she's looking. Hey! Watching over each other. Watching carefully over each other. God says, I put watchmen on the wall. You got a sword in one hand. <laughs> hey! And a hammer in the other. Hallelujah. We are watching. We're ever watching for the body of Christ in prayer. Covering each other. Because we're one. The body is the body. It's not like we're in covenant with 467 million other people. No, we're one. We're all one. One body, and we are in covenant with him. And so we, we look after each other. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Y'all got anything else to say? Yes. Uh, yes, Pastor. Yes. Gave him everything. Yes. Which is what we're supposed to do with each other. He says to prefer your brethren over yourself. And so that's what, that's what they did in that. 
They became one. What was Jonathan's became David's. What was David's became Jonathan's. They were one. They're one. God's big on covenant. He's big on one. Amen. He's, he's real big on that agreement, that power of that agreement. And like I said, whenever, whenever the storm rages, he is right there. And the only thing I have to do is consult him on which way do I go. Do I go get my wife <laughs> and my men's wives and their ch- Do I do this, God? And am I going to win? Because I ain't going without you. I got to have you. That's covenant. That right there is covenant. That's what Melchizedek came and established, was that I can consult God now on which way to go and what to do and how to do it. And, and are you going to be with me, God? Because, you know, I ain't going without you because you're my source and you're my strength. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 21. It's far, far Genesis. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, when you were talking about, uh, you know, going into covenant and marriage and everything, uh, a lot of folks, especially when I was when I was living back in Grenada, and uh, I was just forming a relationship with my with my wife Rhonda, but uh, at the time, things did seem to be going real fast. I mean, but there was a, a, a solid connection between the two of us, and when I told. Uh, the folks who I was working with it, and hey, in a couple, in a, like a month, I'm fixing to get married. And they're like, wow, how long have you known her? Month and a half? <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> and they were really astounded by that. But the reason why I knew that she was the one for me is because I did. I got into prayer on it because I was like, Lord, this is moving really, really quick. Is it... Am I going this route? Is it going like this because I've haven't had a, a girlfriend in years, or is it, or is this you working? Is it me or is it you? Uh, let me know because if it's me, I know I'm about to mess up. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but I did ask Lord if she's not the one for me. If there is anything in her or or if anything wrong with me at this point in time, block it. I don't care how you do it, block it. But he never did. Amen. Thank God. Amen to that. Thank God. I'm, I, because not only did he open the door to, to a beautiful woman that I can have and, and be with, but he also opened the door to this place where yes. I can learn more yes. and receive Thank more. You, Jesus. <laughs> See, he's a God of multiplicity. He always has more than one reason for something. Amen. Okay. In, um, in verse 21, it says, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and I will not take a thread, even a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. He had just come in, he just had communion with Melchizedek. He just realized who God was. He just came into a real covenant relationship with the creator and the giver of life. And he said, I turn my back on the world. Amen. Amen. 
I turn my back on the lust of my flesh because that's what Sodom and Gomorrah represented, lust and flesh and the world. And he turned his back on it. He said, the world didn't give me nothing, <laughs> nothing. God is the one that establishes me. God is the one that has made me rich, and I will not give anybody any room to say that anyone else had a hand in it. Amen. And that's what he's asking from us. Turn your back on the world and dedicate, dedicate, consecrate your life to me. Amen? Amen. Yes. Yes, God. Yes. Yes. I say yes. Hallelujah. So that's what all happened in that first act of tithing. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. It was a lot. It was a whole lot. And I thank you, God. Thank you for establishing that covenant relationship with us. Thank you. And Jesus, give us a greater revelation of the covenant, of what covenant is, that we have entered into a covenant relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.